hey, hey. Welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Man, I had a great time on today's episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. And I just got through recording with my friend Frank Sentner, the, the godfather of insurance, insurance tech, the man, the myth, the legend. I am. Yeah, I was super honored to have him on the show to talk about data, to talk about entrepreneurship, to talk about startups and new ventures and all of the fun stuff that he gets to be involved in. This guy is unreal and still giving back to our industry. I can't wait to hear our conversation. Before we do, I got to talk to you about my good friends over at Smart Choice. They are the fastest growing agency network for a reason. They do so many wonderful things for our industry. And they uh, they even help you by negotiating um, higher commissions, lower volume commitments, lower premium thresholds, all of those wonderful things, whether you need one contract or 10 or 15, whether you need a regional or a national player, whether you need commercial or personal lines, smartchoiceagents.com. Go check it out. Tell them the mayor sent you, smartchoiceagents.com. Also, my friends over at CoverDesk. CoverDesk does a phenomenal job of helping you uh, with virtual assistants, helping you with uh, getting uh, an, another employee in the door to uh, knock out some work to get some things done. Maybe it's administrative work. Maybe it's prospecting. Maybe it's quoting. Uh, the sky's the limit. And the team over at CoverDesk does a great job of training these virtual employees to help you. They become a great part of your team. Uh, they are uh, highly regarded, highly loved by others that have used CoverDesk over the years and through the years. Now, he's opened up several locations in the Philippines, just the heart for giving back to not only our industry, but the Philippines. And I, I just love uh, what's going on over at CoverDesk. So uh, if you want to learn more, go to CoverDesk.com. If you want to uh, book a, a conversation or a demo or a call or something, uh, CoverDesk.com, tell them the mayor sent you. Uh, I, I would I would love to see you get involved. If you want to learn more, CoverDesk.com, CoverDesk.com. Also, I'll just go ahead and get them all in right now. Don't fast forward. Listen to this last one. It's only going to take a minute, literally. <laughs> my, uh, my good friends over at Canopy Connect. Canopy Connect is a wonderful sponsor, and you guys continue to blow me away with your support. Uh, with uh, your love for them by signing up and working with Tolga and his team. Uh, all I do is hear wonderful things. And I keep getting uh, those thank you emails, the thank you text, uh, the thank you post to say, hey, thanks for introducing me to Canopy. Or I'll get them from Canopy and say, hey, thank you for sending so-and-so my way. They've been a great partner for the last six months or the last month or whatever. I love it. Your one-click solution, Canopy Connect, to getting those deck pages you need to quote your prospects. Uh, personal lines, co commercial lines is coming soon. Um, they work with you on uh, building your referral partnerships, your customer experience, the whole nine yards. Usecanopy.com. Go to usecanopy.com. Go to usecanopy.com backslash Heath. Get your demo. Get a discount. Come on, guys. Who didn't want a discount? Use canopy.com backslash Heath. Get your discount. Now, I got to talk to you about this show again. So let's sit back. Let's relax and enjoy this fabulous, wonderful conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, Frank Sentner. This guy will tell a story. I don't have to give him an intro. Frank Sentner, ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and enjoy. 
Frank Sittner, what's going on, my man? How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's nice to be with you, Heath. Oh, my gosh. It is my honor for sure. I have followed your career for a long time, and uh, to see it's you. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, to, to follow you, to see that, and then to see you and I involved on social media together, you know, it's super cool. And so yeah. um, I've been wanting to have you on the show, so I'm glad it worked out today that we could do this. It just, it'll mean a lot to me and a lot of my audience, too. So thank you again so much for, for joining us. I'm up in, not necessarily your neighborhood, but I'm up in the northern eastern area now, so... <laughs> You know, instead of being down south. So I feel a little bit closer to you. We're in the same time zone anyway. That's good. Uh, I'm at Ground Zero for Insurance, downtown Hartford, Connecticut. Man, that is that is definitely Ground Zero for Insurance. And right around the corner from Ground Zero for Sports at ESPN headquarters, from what I Absolutely right. In Bristol. Man, I have always wanted to go to Bristol. I've watched Sports Center since I was a kid in uh, the early 80s and so it's really cool to to see where that's done um so well, come up for our hartford insurtech symposium in april and, okay. and yeah i'm sure that uh stacy brown would be thrilled to have you in fact i love sure there's speaking slots still available i'm pretty sure i'd love that that'd be fun that would be fun yeah so i'm on his advisory board i like being yeah. on advisory boards this day i know days. you do it beats the hell out of working. Yes, that it does. I know you changed your model recently to not recently, but um, yeah. you know, well, I guess it's been five or six years ago to that uh, an equity model. But I'd love to get more into that here in a minute. Before we do, though, why don't we take a walk down memory lane and uh, let's tell a little bit about you. Um, let my audience know, you know, who you are, where you come from, kind of lead me up to where you are now. Um, cause I'd love for the, it's a fascinating story. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I started out in the mid seventies. Um, I, uh, Got a job selling a mini computer to insurance agents and brokers, um, and it did accounting. That was the only thing that it did. Um, and uh, I lucked into uh, a gig heading up the development team to build their first policy and claims management system. And that was based on Accord forms. All we did was take the Accord forms, deconstruct them into green screens, and people filled them out. They had pre-printed forms in impact printers, and everybody was amazed. Oh, my God, it prints Accord forms. Uh, not very amazing <laughs> in terms of the technologies we've got available today. Um, I spent uh, some time there, about four or five years there, um, and thought I was smart enough to go out on my own. So I started a consulting practice, did it for a couple of years, worked with a lot of agents and brokers on many different systems. At the time, it was InsurNet was the one that I was working on. Then I went and worked with agencies who had Redshaw, and there were all these new systems out there, AMS, uh, Agena, and uh, uh, EBS. Travelers had EBS. I mean, so um, we I met a couple of guys, an insurance agent, commercial insurance agent from Long Island, and a technical guy that I had worked with after I left InsurNet, and we started a company, and we built a platform which is today known as Sajida. Uh, I'm the uh, grandfather or one of the grandfathers of the Sajida Agency Management System, uh, which is now 36 years old, uh, which uh, computer years are sort of like dog years squared, okay? So it is so old. And in fact, I was just looking at it again this morning because I'm still working with it to help 
my startups extract data from that management system. So at any rate, we built that up, merged with the, a division of the Aetna, sold it to then AMS Services, which today is Vertifort. And uh, I served my 16 months in hell as their chief technology officer, left uh, in 1996 and went out on my own. And I've been on my own ever since. The switch that you were referring to is I used to work mostly with corporates. I used to um, you know, work for fees. But about six, seven, maybe eight years ago now, I, I, my first startup really was in 2010, I think. Uh, and that was work at home vintage experts. I was a consultant yeah. for them. And they convinced me to come inside as a chief operating officer. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not a very good employee. That's why I'm an entrepreneur. And so <laughs> I lasted about two years left and still have an ownership interest. And I get a nice check from them every year. Um, but that kind of turned me on to the opportunity in the startup space. I was getting old enough that I could start collecting my, the money I'd saved and uh, put away and social yeah. security. And so rather than keep paying Uncle Sam, I said, why don't I do some consulting for startups? They don't have a lot of money, but they have equity. It's a win-win. Um, yeah. So far, I've had, I think, 13 startups I've been on the board or advisory board for. I resigned from one board. Uh, one company went bankrupt and one, Tarmica, just recently exited. Um, got a nice check from that. Thank you very much. I bet you so, did. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it. And I love working with entrepreneurs. That's really the secret. And especially as an advisor, <laughs> when when you're an entrepreneur, it's your house that gets mortgaged, a second mortgage for payroll, right? Right. <laughs> Not when you're an advisor. So, I really enjoy it. It's terrific. That is awesome. Yeah, I, I love to hear that. And and I love, you know, being a, hearing that part of your story, because I think it's so neat that you're giving back somewhat to the industry by helping entrepreneurs, helping startups. Mm -hmm. And uh, you could have, you know, retired and enjoyed, you know, sitting around and, you know, enjoying retirement, whatever that looks like for you, whether it's sitting on a beach or going, you know, traveling right. or doing whatever you do, but you decided, I love this industry. I want to stay involved. Is that what it was? Yeah. I mean, I really do love this industry. I'm, yeah. In particular, I love independent agents. I got to tell you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not that there aren't folks out there that don't live up to, you know, the standards that most do, but most of them are just terrific human beings and bar none, the best salespeople in the entire world. And so, uh, you know, I've listened to so many stories over the years about how independent agents were going to get disintermediated and they were going to disappear. I mean, in the 70s, they thought that agents were going to disappear because of direct bill. I mean, that seems so ludicrous today, but right. those are the sorts of ideas that were floated. You don't disintermediate the people that are closest to the customer. And that's the truth about independent agents. So, you know, I've been in this not quite as long as you have, but for 20 two years, 21 years. And ever since I got in the business, they've been saying that the independent agency channel was going to go away and the broker was going to go away, the independent. And then as we fast forward through the years, it's always been something that would disrupt the agency channel to make it go away, whether it was the direct writers or the, the captain, you know, the, you know, right. direct consumer or the, uh, the Geico's of the world or the whatever. Yeah. It may be. Now it's embedded insurance. That's going to take over. But I, I'm like you don't, you can't take away the relationship. You can't take away the closest to the client. No, I mean, uh, insurance is, is a fear-based product. 
Okay. When we get right down to it. And 100%. I couldn't agree more. People want someone in the boat with them. You know, they want someone who's going to back them up. And I'll tell you, if you have an insurance policy and you have to deal directly with an insurance company on a claim, good luck. But every time I've had a claim and I've had a few, my independent agents have definitely stepped up and it's made all the difference in the world in the experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that'll add to your portfolio someday soon of a, a tech claims company, if not already. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, just for the audience sake, I know the answer, but it's, most of your dealings and in insurance been on the property and casualty side? Yes. Um, I've done a little bit of dabbling with life companies, um, but almost all property and casualty and aside from some fairly significant long-term replacement projects for, for insurers, um, the vast majority of it has been for independent agent, uh, either directly with independent agents. I did a 16-year gig with the Council of Insurance Agents and Brokers as their chief technology officer, acting chief technology officer. It was a good act. And uh, the, the, uh, I've done a bunch of work with uh, the tech companies. And that's primarily what I do today is I work with tech companies. Now, you and I both know anybody in the insurance tech space knows that um, pretty much any technology can be applied to insurance. I mean, it touches every part of our personal and professional lives. So it doesn't matter what you've got in terms of tech. It can be insure tech. Uh, the challenge, however, is most of the folks in the insure tech space are tech heavy and a little insure light. And so that's where someone like myself comes in to bring the domain expertise that can give them some guidance. Yeah, let me ask you, okay, so for, for many, many years, in my opinion, um, I felt like our space, the insurance industry that you and I both love so much, was so far behind in technology from every other industry in the world, it feels like. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I love this industry, so I feel like I can say that. And then all of a sudden, just in the last, two or three, four or five years, maybe we've really hit, you know, gas pedal down and really come light years from where we were, say five years ago. Yeah. Was that truly because of this worldwide pandemic type thing that kind of hope opened the doors for that? Or is it just that, you know, something else may have happened. You're right there in the middle of all of that, especially being in Hartford, even for that matter. Mm -hmm. And you have so many friends in that tech space. Why do you think that is? Well, I think in the first case, the, the reason for the delay in adoption within the insurance uh, space of technology was that they're naturally risk averse. I mean, uh, and um, the, the technologies that were being deployed were relatively expensive, um, relatively unproven, and probably looked at with some trepidation especially by independent agents, for good reason. Um, now, the way that this occurred, the InsureTech phenomenon, is that there was a whole bunch of money after uh, 2008 and the meltdown that got poured into fintech, financial technology. And that money sort of peaked and began to drop off in the early 2010s, 11, 12. And that money wanted to find a place to go, Okay. And to people who are outside the insurance space, insurance is financial services, okay? Now, we know that it's nothing like banking, okay? Um, to use a reference back in the old days, uh, a banking transaction will fit very comfortably on Herman Hollerith's 80-column punch card, you know? 
No, no, no trouble at all. There's so little data. The insurance industry is phenomenally data heavy. It The only raw material that we consume as an industry is data. The only thing that we produce is data. And we produce it in vast quantities and in very, very complex formats. So uh, for, for us, the challenge is how do we find technologies that are able to, to manage and maintain that level of complexity and quantity. And the, the opportunities are enormous. I mean, if you're leveraging machine learning and artificial intelligence, um, you have an opportunity to really mine significant quantities of, of data with great complexity. And that gives you, you know, something that you can really uh, derive some significant learnings from. But it's a big challenge. And the folks that are coming into the space, in my experience, uh, frequently underestimate the complexity of the task. And they're not helped, by the way, by the fact that our industry has unfortunately taken the stuff it in your mattress approach to their data. Um, we, we've, we've tried to protect ourselves with HIPAA and other you know, rules about privacy and security. And we've basically shot ourselves in the foot or feet. <laughs> we're, yeah, right. we're, we're significantly hobbled by the lack of, of understanding of how much, how important mining that data is to the overall health of our industry. Yeah. I, it's fascinating to me. I, I feel like the pandemic had a lot to do with some sure. of you know, with where we're at, because I think it opened our eyes to see, you know, what we do, how much the data is, how important it is and how much we need it. And we figured out, you know, so much about our work environment, our culture, what we can do. Um, going back to Wave that you brought up, which is a great mm-hmm. company. Um, yeah. and they do a lot of great things. And so I, I think it's fascinating to see. And so uh, I, I wonder, had the pandemic not happened, if we'd still be on the same course that we're at now with data, with technology, with insure tech. Well, there's no question that it came along at an optimal time for uh, the, the insure tech revolution. And it's really more of an evolution, to be honest. Sure. Um, but I would agree with that. Anyone who was standing on the sidelines and saying, I don't need this digital engagement stuff, <laughs> learned very, very quickly in a pandemic world that that is the only thing that you need. You have to be digitally engaged with your customers on every level. And that doesn't mean that you're not building relationships. We've learned how to build relationships through digital means. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're not going to go out and join the golf club and meet people at church or the synagogue or temple, you know, it, it, it just means that you have to add this additional layer in order to be fully engaged and to give your clients the opportunity to engage with you in the way in which they choose. Not everybody wants to, you know, get out there and join a country club, you know, or the Knights of Columbus, but, you know, everybody's carrying around one of these, and every single one of these has a thousand times the processing power of that first computer I sold back in the 70s. And 100%. to not leverage that is just insane. It truly is. And to think about, I mean, even if it's all, it's all the way down to the, the, the phone, the, the camera that's on the phone, you can take pictures of your stuff. You can store data in there. It's got its own like operating, its own everything. It's no longer just a phone. It's not you know, from back when you had the the rotary phone. Now look at where we're at now. Oh yeah. So what's it's ridiculous to me that 
you know, had you asked me even 10 years ago, 15 years ago to have a fully digital insurance agency, it would never happen. There's no way. And now I mean, there's agencies that are hugely successful yeah. that are all digital. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy to me. I, I love it. I, I have I to tell too. you, I've, I've been a science fiction fan since I was a teenager. And, you know, so many of the things that I've read about have come true. Now, there's plenty of them that have not. But it's right. very, very exciting to live in a world where I'm seeing the, the fruition of people's vision from 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And, uh, and I know that it's just going to continue to grow. Now, will it be a meta? Will it be, you know, some type of, you know, virtual reality world? I don't know. But I do know that in this world, we have to use the technologies that are at our disposal. We're really doing ourselves and our customers a disservice not to. And we need to demand of our partners, the people, both the yeah. insurance company partners and the technology partners, that they step up, that people stop trying to control and prevent the access to information that is essential, essential to the independent agent doing their job. Why is it that the only way you can get loss runs from your insurance companies is in PDF format? Huh? It was originally data, okay? Yeah. They give them to you in PDF format and only when you really press them for it, because they know what a powerful tool that is for you as a marketing entity in terms of finding the right placement for your customers, finding the right relationships and managing those relationships with your partners. And that's just one tiny example of how the refusal to adopt a, a digital technology, fully digital, I'm not, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, a PDF is a piece of paper. It's electronic, but it's useless, you know, as a, as a source of data. That sort of thinking has to go away. Well, it's a fear-based thinking. It is. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want you to to leverage me. It's the same reason that insurers want you to finish the last mile on your quote on their website, right? Yeah. They, they, it's fear. You can't. I mean, ask any comparative rater. Ask you know Tarmica, my friends at Tarmica. It drove them crazy that they couldn't finish the quote, that they had to direct you back to the carrier website to finish the quote, and it drives agents crazy. You know, because a lot of those quotes get significantly changed once they get to those last few questions, you know, on the carrier website. And so well, now they, yeah. they got to go back to the drawing board and say, OK, I'll try the second one on the list. Right. It's just not right. And, you know, the, the big worry that the carriers have is you're going to spreadsheet me. So what happens? The agents take the download from the quote, the comparative rater and put it in a spreadsheet. Because yep. that's the only way they can make their comparison, you know, and do their number crunching. You know, they've they've defined the the challenge, and they have, as as Pogo said, we has met the enemy, and he is us. Well, do you think that that would lead to more? As we see more and more of sharing of APIs, will that help to solve some of that issue you're talking about right now? APIs are a wonderful thing. They've been around as long as there have been computers. Okay. But we just, we're just now hearing about sharing of the APIs right. in the last several years. Well, and and open APIs, you still won't find most people actually do an open API. Open right. API is where you publish your API spec on your website, and anybody who wants can go and get it and go grab data out of the system. Now, that's not going to happen in an insurance world anytime soon. But right. even, even the whole process of vetting partners, okay, 
this, this attitude that independent agents are incapable of making their own decisions about who they want to do business with. So I'm the agency management system, and I'm going to protect you, Heath, from making a bad decision about who you want to do business with. So your partner will have to come to me and get vetted to prove that they're worthy to be in my orange partner program or my applied buddy program, you know? <laughs> it, that's wrong, okay? The independent agent should have access to their own data. We've given up the keys to the kingdom, okay? Agents have allowed their agency management system vendors to control the access to their data. Forget about who owns the data, that's not even important. But if the access to your data is restricted, either technologically or financially, then you aren't in control of your destiny. So you give up your data and then you wind up paying your vendor to, to give you the analytics on your data or work with try to work with your, your uh, customer experience vendor, Aureus Analytics, that does really sophisticated AI and machine learning analytics on your relationship with your data, your 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 clients based on your data, but yeah. they're not allowed. They're not allowed to have access to the data through the APIs. Even the the failure of the vendors to actually do a credible job of of launching their their API platforms is a way of controlling access. As long as the only place where you can get meaningful analytics is your agency management system vendor, you can't go any place. Else. Yeah, and so it poses a huge problem to, could, to continue moving at the pace we're at now until we start opening that up. So I, I appreciate you know your stance on that, where you where you feel on that, because um, I really do feel like there, there's still some hurdles to overcome in order to get where we want to get, or where you want to get where we should be. And so uh, tell me this: uh, over the last let's say five to eight years. You've really, as you you just said, you know, really dove into working with you know entrepreneurs and startups. Uh, what has been so important to you about that, and why have you drawn yourself more towards startups than uh, the big houses that you used to work with, the Marsh McLennans and some of those others? Well, I mean, it's first of all, it's fun. I mean, it really is fun, Heath. To be honest with you, I wouldn't be doing it at my age if it wasn't. And I really think that the opportunities for independent agents are in that startup space that, you know, at some point, you know, the money tree for, for that the agency management system vendors have where they keep buying up all their competitors and killing them is going to dry up. And where the, dip, the, the disparity between what they offer as solutions and what's available in the marketplace becomes so great that people refuse to take the checks or that other people, especially I would love to see independent agents take a bigger role in funding insurtechs. One of the reasons I'm so excited about broker tech ventures, which is uh, all broker led, the top, you know, I don't know, 15, I think, uh, privately held super regional insurance brokers in this country banded together and created an investment platform and an accelerator platform to take technologies that they wanted, that they were interested in, that they would all buy and give them the seed money they needed to grow and protect them in that early stage of development so that they could see what could it become if I was able to get a hold of that kind of technology, if I was able to nurture it. And it's really exciting to see what they've done. And I, by the way, I've talked to a bunch of the startups that went through their programs. They all are universally 
enthusiastic about how they were treated. It's really, really a big deal. So they get uh, not only funding, but they also get firsthand, you know, advice and experience and stories and, you know, all of kinds of things from those brokers. Because I'm sure they're using them in their own agencies before it goes to market or they're testing and breaking and putting them through the cycle right there in their offices. They, they are giving these startups the most important thing that every startup entrepreneur wants. They're giving Feedback. them customers. Oh, yeah. They are becoming customers. It's not that startups don't want investment money, but every time they take investment money, they get diluted. Believe me. Oh, I yeah. remember. And, and every time they get a customer, there's less chance that they'll get diluted. And the money that they get from that is revenue that they can use to build their companies without dilution. That's the huge difference. I can't Broker hear you. Tech, Broker Tech Ventures, are you a part of that as well? No, no. It's only the, the, the brokers themselves. Okay. And believe me, they don't need me. I, I have to tell you, I didn't go this year to ITC, um, but I went the year before and Broker Tech Ventures had big you know, section of the hall and they had their own uh, demo stage and they, they yeah. put up broker, you know, uh, solutions, gave them access to do their pitches and demos. They had uh, a panel of three CEOs from the, the members of uh, different members of the Broker Tech Ventures, you know, community. And uh, uh, Rob Cohen, uh, oh, Dan Keogh, uh, Rob Cohen's from IMA in Denver. Dan Keogh is from Holmes Murphy in Des Moines. Um, and, oh, gosh, who's the, the fellow from Jersey? Big agency. Oh, gosh, I'm embarrassed that I'm not remembering his name. But at any rate, they talked cogently for the better part of an hour about insurance technology. These are CEOs, okay? I was never more proud in my life. I was like, these are my lawnsmen, and they they get it. You know, yeah. and that had was, to be proud. Yeah, there was a there was a a, a a sort of a crystallizing moment for me when the when the question from the audience came, which I've heard innumerable times from independent agents and brokers. What percentage of my budget should I be spending on technology? And the three guys kind of looked at each other. Baldwin, that's the name of the the the, the young man, young compared to me. Um, Baldwin, and. <laughs> and um, at any rate, he actually said, well, I'll take it. And he said to them, more. Ha, and it, great it, answer. That's right. So it was just like that. There was a pause and then people started laughing. And he said, I'm dead serious. He said, I have doubled or tripled our IT budget every year for the last five years and I've never spent enough money. And and when I heard he doesn't that, regret it either. they finally get it. it yeah. We are in the technology business that happens to do insurance. Okay. So, you know, if your question is how much of my budget I should be spending on it, you're not paying attention. Okay. You are in the technology business. That's the business you're in. And you're in the data business. And you need to protect that data and you need to invest in technology. There is no way around it. Yeah. So, is that where your love for 
the InsureTech kind of begins and ends is all surrounding the data because it seems like most of your investments in your uh, companies you've invested in are, are data driven. Well, every one of them needs the data that's in those agency management systems. Absolutely. Right. They, so they, the insurance agent app wouldn't exist if they couldn't get the data out of the management systems, right? Aureus sure. Analytics has to go through such gyrations to try to get a sufficient amount of data to do customer uh, analytics, customer experience analytics. Um, certificial <laughs> in order to do, yeah, to provide proofs yeah. of insurance. I mean, I can go down the list with you. Leo has this terrific producer tool that lets the producer talk to his phone and get insights on his customers and prospects or text. You can text if you want. And, you know, all of them are basing it on the information, the, the, the absolute gold mine of information that's in those management systems. And to have to struggle as, as hard as they do and to be put through such difficult trials in order to get access to that data, it's just not right. And it, and it wastes time and it wastes money that we can't afford. We cannot afford it. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, you brought up um, the Arius Analytics and with Anurag and, and Ron Schroyer, yeah. the whole team over there, I mean, they, do, they seem like they just get it. They do. And it seems, it's still though, to me, and I'm just a little country bumpkin from Arkansas, still feels like they're so far ahead of the game when it comes to data. And I know they're not necessarily ahead of the game, but it's just crazy to me to see where they're at on that playing field. And I had Ron on my show and to hear some of the things he was talking about. Just yeah. And I will say after that, I did uh, binge the show Suits for about six months. <laughs> yep. That's where Donna comes from and that's where Harvey comes from. Yep. That's right. <laughs> That's pretty blew me, cool. Blew me away. When he told me that, I was like, honey, we got a new show to watch. <laughs> I yeah, love it. Yeah. yeah they're, they're wonderful. I mean, all of my startups are wonderful. Yeah. And, um, you know, they've worked so hard. Many of them, their life savings is poured into their business. That's it. You know, and, and in that regard, they really resemble their customers, their independent agent customers very, very yeah. closely. And yep. um, that there's it, just a terrific synergy. And, you know, there's there's a lot of really good stuff happening. And in the agency management system space, I'm, I have to say there are agency management systems that get it. Hawksoft is doing a terrific job of reaching out and building bridges and providing an API that gives access to that data. Um, and it's based on the fundamental belief of Paul Hawkins, the original founder, and his son, Sean, that... This isn't our data. We are custodians of this data. We are the they, servers of these managers. They just partnered up with um, Neon, Everybody. did they not? They're partnered with everybody. The, yeah. I mean, the only people they're not partnered with are people who are agency management system vendors. And yeah. so, um, and, you know, they're, they've worked really, really hard to bring their technology up to spec. Hawksoft's been around. It's not as old as Sajita, but it's pretty close. CMS has really got, you know, long in the tooth, but they have upgraded and upgraded and upgraded. And I went to their user conference uh, that's called the Hawksoft User Group. The hug. Yeah. I'm telling you, it was a love fest. I have never seen a vendor conference in, in the technology space anywhere, or the insurance space for that matter, where people were universally praiseworthy of their vendor. It was it was wonderful. And there's other smaller vendors that are out there that are doing the same thing, that are slogging away, that are that are trying to make the difference in their space. And and so, 
you know, kudos to the 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 now certs and the um, um, well, <laughs> I'm running out. Oh, Quick Fusion, you know, and the folks that that are operating under the radar right now. The only reason they're still alive is they're under the radar, <laughs> yeah. trying to get that uh, sufficient traction, you know, before they're quote discovered, you know, and somebody comes along with a giant check that makes them cash out. And suddenly another generation of great technology disappears. It's, and I'm not saying that the agency management system vendors who acquire their smaller competitors do it malice of forethought to kill them. They, they really don't. Okay. They're, it's just that their environments are toxic to innovation. Yep. And, and you see it time and again where the, the, these entrepreneurs who are so, you know, committed to what they do, work so hard, have such great vision, get acquired, come in all excited. And within a year, they're completely burnt out from running up against the bureaucracy. Okay. The, the ability to, you know, adjust and, and, you know, to change on the fly, which they had as an entrepreneur, as a startup, they no longer have. And so little by little, they disappear. And when they disappear, you know, the entrepreneurship and the innovation disappears with them. It's it's a shame. It, it is. It is that for sure. Um, and so, you know, you've mentioned several of them. And just to give a shout out, you know, yeah, Quick Fusion, uh, Windsor Tech, Leo, mm-hmm. you brought up Tarmica, Arius, uh, Brightbee. Is that another yeah, one? Yeah, Brightbees. Brightbees. <laughs> one of my, yes, absolutely. Um, Renegade, no. Yeah. Renegade, yeah. Renegade's interesting. They're not as much a technology play as they are a, an, um, a merger acquisition play. They're, okay. they're, they're an agency. Um, and then you brought up the insurance agent app. Um, yeah, absolutely. Which, um, you know, and then there's another. I've been working with them for six years. Say that again. I've been yeah. working working with Matt and Kiki for six years. Yeah, yeah, and Matt and Kiki. Good. Matt was on my show. Matt Aaron um, was on the show. Yep. Uh, early and, on, and so um, great folks. I, uh, I use that. I I use that app. I will show you. It's right here on my. There it is. There it is. Yeah. It's my and I use it regularly because it's a better way for me to communicate with my agency and which happens to be Paradiso Insurance, which I love those people with Paradiso. Oh, Chris, man. Chris you, you talk about someone else who gets it um, oh, and yeah. who invests in a lot of intro tech companies and does the right things by our industry. Um, but did I miss any? We, Tarmica was it? We talked about them. Yeah. Um, I wasn't um, sure there's any other ones I was missing. I want to make sure we got a shout out to all of the companies that you're a part I, of. I, I should have I should have the list in front of me. I don't, and I may have forgotten somebody. Um, but uh, you still you're still involved in Wave. You mentioned them. I am. So the the, the uh, certificial. I I work with certificial, but I'm working with them as a consultant. They decided okay. they didn't want to give me equity, and they had the money to pay. So I work with them and I work with them every week. You know, I'm working and what I'm working on is extracting data from management systems that they can use to do proofs of insurance. Okay. So talk to the audience for just a minute uh, from let's start off just talking to the uh, people that work on the ground, like the agents, the producers, the brokers, and the ones that are still questioning 
the idea of data or they still have that old school thinking. Talk to them a little bit because, you know, uh, let's just face it, Frank, being 110 years old still in this industry like you are, <laughs> who says an old dog can't learn new tricks? I, I love you. I'm teasing. But I'm, I'm learning new tricks every day. So talk to them. Tell my audience, listen, any kind of advice you could give them from the broker standpoint of why data is so important and why they need to jump on board and give some advice on where to start, what to do, things of that nature. Well, I mean, the, the first place to start is when you're choosing your management system, right? Um, and, you know, start by reading the contract. <laughs> That's always an important thing. <laughs> yeah. With, with anybody. It, I, I don't care if it's your, you know, auto dealer, you know, read the bloody contract. If you read the contract from either Vertifor or Applied, it says that once they've got your data and they've de-identified it, you know, in other words, it's no longer, they can't, you can't really identify the individual person or company that you're insuring right. and aggregated it, pulled it together into a, a blob that they yeah. own the data. And furthermore, that they own the derivative rights to monetize that data, you know, right? And sell it to anybody, including back to you. Okay. So that's, is for me, that's a non starter. Okay. And they, you could get either one of the vertical or apply to negotiate the, the, the price of their system. Most agents are pretty good at doing that. And they feel pretty good when they've managed to get them down off their retail price, but they don't, they can't negotiate the terms. Okay. And those terms are going to kill them. So look for an agency management system that's, that doesn't lock you into a five-year contract, right? You sign an agreement with either one of the major agency management systems and uh, you have to give them 90 days advance written, written notice of your intention to cancel the agreement. And if you go past the end of the first year, the contract renews for five years, no cut. Okay. So I don't want an agency management system that says they own my data. Okay. I don't want a management system that doesn't give me access to that data when and where I want at a reasonable price. And I need to know that price in advance. I don't want a management system that locks me in relatively long periods of time, preferably month to month. Okay. Right. And I want, and I want a guarantee that there's a minimum increase, a maximum increase that they can put on my, my uh, per seat charge during that period of time. And I want to know what, it, what does it cost? You should always know this with any agreement. What is it going to cost me to get out of the agreement? So start with the agreement. Okay. 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 Yeah. Then, then the next thing is you know, who buys anything, especially something as invasive as an agency management system without going and seeing it operating someplace else that's very much like them, okay? There is no reason why an agent can't pick up and go, you know, two or three states over to find an agency that's similar to them and see how they're using this system that they want to run their agency on. Because once you change, forget how long the, the contract is, it's like a heart, lung, brain transplant. Nobody goes through that kind of surgery year after year without <laughs> suffering severe damage, right? And so go and visit your peers and learn about how they're using that system. And I have never met an agency that wouldn't welcome somebody to come in and talk to them about how to use their system, right? Agreed. And 
and and then use the system for which it was intended. I I, I was working with an agency the other day, and they they're working with one of my startups. And as I was going through how they set up their their coverages and so forth, so that the coverages could be carried over, they said, I said, well, how have you been doing this? You know, and they said, oh, we we haven't been putting coverage detail in my our system. And I was I was speechless, speechless. Yeah. Okay, that that is the only thing that you own. Okay, yeah. you 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 could say you own your expirations, but I would maintain that you renew those every day by your behavior. Okay, you you don't own an expiration. Okay, the customer goes whenever they want. So yeah. what you own is the data about that customer, right? And, right. you know, so if you don't take care of your data, you are not taking care of the jewels, your family jewels. That is what you own. So um, whether you think uh, a mobile app is something that you would use or not, think about it from the perspective of your customer. You're, you've got younger and younger customers who are used to doing absolutely everything on these, right? And they're right. not with personal lines accounts. A lot of them are small commercial accounts where small business is growing at a faster rate in this country than ever before. And it's a huge portion of our economy. And those people are, are out and about. They're using these phones in order to do business. And they need to be able to do business with you on that phone. So everything you do has to be able to be digitally you know, available to your customers as and when and how they want it available. It's basically... The fact that the customer is right yeah. and the customer wants you to be protecting their data. They don't want some third party that they've never seen or heard of having the rights to their data to monetize it and, and use it for other purposes than serving them. So that's, that's, that's why I think agents and brokers need to pay more attention to this. They definitely should. What about the carrier friends out there that we have, um, whether it's the Hartford where you live or yep. a small regional carrier in you know Utah or Arkansas or wherever, what would you say to those carriers as they move forward in our space and in getting involved in insured tech or involved in data or involved in some of those things? Stop trying to control the relationship with your agents through technology. That is a losing proposition. Okay, you control your relationship with your agents by providing them with service. Okay, and they need access to the data that you've got in a timely and cost effective manner. They need the ability to make decisions, you know, without being forced through the channel that you've decided they should use. Getting their eyeballs to your to your website is not the be all and end all. You are not Amazon. Okay, you're not a retail organization. You're a service organization for a distribution sales force. You need to set them free. They will continue to work with you. If you don't believe that, okay, then you have a terrible relationship with your agents. And, and I'll tell you, a lot of carriers are starting to do some really exciting things. You mentioned the Hartford. The Hartford recently worked with Accord and created service APIs within their platform so that we could do machine to machine endorsements. It is the holy grail of, of straight through processing. We've never been able to do it before. Accord created new next generation digital standards, which allow for API integration 
for very small uh, granular transactions. And the vast majority of endorsements require very little data. Most of them are not premium bearing and therefore not commission bearing. <laughs> and, and so all cost, and they can't be done with the existing standards we've got, the older AL3 or Cord XML standards. And so they built the APIs so that you could go straight into their system. Okay, complete validation of and and they have to be smart enough to go back and forth to make sure I'm changing the right thing, not just the customer and the policy, but the vehicle or the location and the coverage. You know, so there's a lot of back and forth. That's why APIs and and microservices are required. They built it. They also built a UI so that people could come who didn't want to use APIs and key in. Okay, to this day. I can promise you that there isn't an agency management system that's doing straight through processing. They're still using their old transact now or whatever it is to navigate the agent into the UI to make the changes. Okay. So even though the carriers are implementing them, they're not putting enough pressure on their partners to say, you need to begin to take advantage of these because the power of that straight through processing using the APIs is not having a human being re-enter the information that they got from their customer. So they get it from their customer and put it into their management system, and then they go and put it into the, the carrier system or vice versa, right? And what you wind up with there is errors, and errors are the bane of our existence. Anytime you're doing data entry, you're going to make errors. And we run about a 40% error rate in our industry and by the way, we run a 40% error rate fixing the errors. So it's like it's like the endless <laughs> problem, right? But right. The, the, these technologies have to be implemented or we're not going to be able to dig ourselves out of the hole that we're in. And it's not a technology problem. In fact, right. I would venture to say it's never been a technology problem. It is a business problem. We have to make the commitment to work together in order to make our efficient our, our processes as efficient as possible. That's great. Uh, great advice. Great, great word. I appreciate you sharing because, you know, me personally, I've been on both sides of that on the carrier side. I've been on the agency side and, you know, yeah. sometimes, you know, on both sides of that, you find yourself banging your head against a wall and probably as an investor too. And you've worked on that, you know, uh, carrier side and been, sure. you know, some of that. And so you get that and not taken away from anything from our carrier partners. because We have to have them as well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just feel like you're right. And what the first thing you said, you know, was, was great advice on that. And so thank you so much for that. And then, you know, the last thing I would ask you before we shut down is, you know, all those inspiring or aspiring, I should say, um, <laughs> exactly. Those entrepreneurs that have that idea, that have that thought of what if this existed? What if that existed what if we could do this with our data or we could do that with our insurance policy or we could do this or that? What would you say to those aspiring entrepreneurs out there right now in this space? I, I, I would tell them not to give up. The single most important uh, personal characteristic of a successful entrepreneur is perseverance. And I got a couple of, you know, 10 year you know, overnight successes that I'm managing, that I'm advising right now. OK, people who've really stuck it out. But if you are in any way involved in the management and manipulation of data, the insurance industry is where you should be. Because, you know, I think I may have mentioned this before, it is the only raw material that we consume and it is the only thing we make. That's what insurance is. 
insurance is data. And so, you know, here's a chance for you to really use your AI, your ML, your algorithms, you know, um, an opportunity to really try to, to understand a really complex and challenging insurance, I mean, technology, data, uh, science solution. And it's exciting. And the people who are doing it, it can be frustrating for them. You know, <laughs> I had one young man say to me, uh, well, so, so this, is the, this is the only way that they do it, right? And I said, come on, you've been talking to me long enough to know that this is the insurance business, okay? There, there is no one way to do anything, okay? <laughs> I, I, and even if there was, if I thought I knew for sure, Tomorrow, some insurance entity is going to come out and create an entirely new way to do it. And they'll just file for it. And here we go, off to the races again. You know, the insurance industry itself is evolving at the same time. And so it's not like this problem is ever going to be solved. You know, we're, we've, we're, we're having newer and newer ways of doing insurance. Parametric insurance is really getting traction right now. There's all usage-based forms of insurance are, are, are getting, you know, a huge lift because of all the technology that's deployed. There are something like five sensors out there for every living human being right now that are reporting <laughs> into some CPU. And, and what, what are they sending? Data. And they're sending forms of data we haven't figured out how to, you know, uh, manage and understand and use for underwriting. But I promise you, we will. We will. Yeah. It's, uh, go ahead. It's the say, best. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I probably will be doing this to the day I die because I keep seeing new things every single day. And I love it. I just love it. And for, to keep your hand in on something that you've grown from, you know, really primitive forms of computing to where we are today is just terrifically exciting. I, I, I really am. I wake up every day excited about sitting in front of this thing and talking to my startups. Yeah. Even at 110 years old, you're still at a massive, <laughs> massive, <laughs> a massive impact. And I appreciate your impact on our industry. I appreciate you taking interest in those that are reaching your hand back and bringing those along that are coming up in our industry and helping so many you know, people, uh, success stories like Raghav Tana, who has, or wow. Tana, who's just recently, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you know, uh, graduated or exited, whatever you want to call it, but yeah. will still always be involved, I'm sure, in our industry and will still be, you know, uh, a massive impact. And so, you know, there's more to come through through that, through your impact. So, again, uh, I'm so thankful for that. And I'm, I can't wait to see what is next. And I always enjoy seeing you at, you know, InsureTech Connect or seeing you at different events that we go to. And maybe I will get that, you know, get to come up to Hartford. Um, come on up to the Hartford InsureTech Symposium in April. We want to see you there. I will do that uh, for sure. Good man. So, um, Frank, if there's any, whether they're aspiring entrepreneurs, there's anybody that wanted to connect with you, what would be the best way for people to do that? Go to my LinkedIn. I, I you know, I, I got a, I created a URL. Uh, my wife wanted us to, you know, sort of mix our names. Her name is Blackwood, mine's Sentner. <laughs> she, she wanted me to change my name and I was like, oh no. <laughs> uh, but I gave her a URL. So it's sentwood.com. There you go. I was very busy when I first started my business back in 96 and never got around to creating a website. And I still don't have a website because I don't need it. Go to LinkedIn. 
All my contact information is in there. My bio is in there. All of my uh, startups and that I'm that I'm on the board or advisory board are listed there. Um, and you know, I get I I mean, I literally get hundreds of outreach from LinkedIn every month. And wow, yep, absolutely. And they they don't all pan out, but a lot sure. of what I do is, uh, is networking. You know, and I have lots and lots of startups that that I've advised. You mentioned claims. I've advised a couple of claims processing systems that came through the Hartford InsurTech hub, but it just never got to the point. I'm not a claims expert and it never got to the point where it made sense for us to create an equity arrangement. But, you know, uh, I'm sure that it'll come sooner or later and who knows what else is going to (laughs) come. Yeah, for sure. Um, Again, uh, connect with them on LinkedIn. Make sure that you do so. Whether, again, you're just looking for a friend or want to follow his content or looking to get advice, you know, Frank is the man. And if you ever look, you'll see it's always, he's always active on LinkedIn. When you go in and try to message him, it always says active. <laughs> and so I, I can definitely, you know, respect and appreciate that. So thank you for joining us today. You know, Frank, thanks for hanging out and being a, a citizen of the insurance town. And thanks for your support. Well, thank you for being the mayor of Insurance Town. Yes, Mr. Heath Sharon. Thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us today in Insurance Town. I hope that the content that we brought you made you a better insurance professional. That is where I'm at on all these episodes. So I really hope that it did. Guys, uh, please uh, like, subscribe, download, all the above. And reach out to my sponsors, let them know that you heard about them on the show and that you love them and that you appreciate them and that you want a demo and that you want to hear more about them. Uh, stay tuned. I got Smart Choice coming on soon. It's a great episode. It's already been recorded. It's in the vault. It's ready to rock. I uh, just can't wait to release it to you. If you have an idea for your own show, go to ReadySetPodcast.com. Ready Set Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. Thanks again, guys. Look forward to hanging out with you again next week.